When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Commas Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we are talking to Molly Grable, who is also a San Diego native. She was my teammate for a couple years at University of Oregon, and she is now currently a marathoner living in Boulder, Colorado. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Before we hop into today's episode, I want to talk about one of my favorite sponsors that I've been working with for over a year now on all of my platforms, and that is because I love them so much, and that is Inside Tracker. When you do what you love, like running, like racing, like enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life. And that is where Inside Tracker can help. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you and to offer you science back recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. For me right now, specifically, I'm working on my cortisol levels. If you've you know watched or heard me talk about Inside Tracker at all, you know that my cortisol levels are really, really high and I don't know why I'm so stressed. Cortisol is a stress hormone and I don't know why I'm so stressed. I'm like in the top 5% of all inside tracker users of my stress levels or cortisol level, I mean, and I am working on bringing that down. I've been using mindfulness and trying meditation every single morning and I think it really helps. I think it just helps me, you know, establish gratitude and just focus on not over complicating things throughout my day and having inside tracker there to help me check that off every day and also, you know, work on my diet changes as well to help my other biomarkers has really been helping me. So Inside Tracker helps you track your progress every day and every step of the way towards reaching your own performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. It's very individualized. I cannot recommend it enough. And right now for a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. 
Just go to insidetracker.com slash Emma. The link is in the show notes as per usual to get that 20% off. And now let's hop into today's episode with Molly, my good old former teammate. Okay, Molly, welcome to the podcast, the one that we were supposed to record literally three weeks ago while you were in my apartment, but we talked for too long and we never did. So now we're recording it via Zoom, but welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> As you know, I can talk a lot. So um, yeah, I guess buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> well, to get started, you want to just tell the podcast listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my name is Molly. Um, I am from San Diego. Originally I ran against Emma in high school. Um, we were arrivals and friends. Rivals. <laughs> I was literally 10 years old. Yeah. yeah. You were very young. Um, I think we only overlapped one year. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I went to university of Oregon and ran there and also wrote, was teammates with Emma. Um, and now I live in Colorado where I live and train um, and also work full time. How does it feel being like the third best athlete coming out of San Diego? Number one, Mac Fleet, number two, me, and number three, you. I mean, there are some big names, even um, uh, Jordan Hesse, you know? Well, she's not from uh, San Diego. Oh, you're right. She, I'm, I'm just thinking about Come on, you grew up here. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm just, I honestly, I saw a post she posted today, um, a picture of her from high school, and it just really brought me back to those like CIF um, state meets. Uh, and yeah, competing against her, knowing that I would never win state until she graduated. So <laughs> I just capitalized my junior year um, after she left. Were you on the Oregon team with her? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we overlapped two years, I want to say. Oh. She, she only did four years. Oh, what was your favorite year at Oregon? Um, you can be honest. You can say it went downhill after I got there. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, I think I think you were there my favorite year. Um, I think probably just like the year of 2015, just like the, the spring track year. And then that went to fall of 2015. Um, because that was probably my best running year. Um, and at Oregon, it's fun when you're running well. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's kind of a nice, a nice way to put it. But yeah, I would say the year of 2015. Yeah, I like 2015. Well, that was like one of my, that was like my first year at Oregon. Yeah. That was my first year at Oregon is too. Really? I was running, yeah, wait, 2015. Yeah, I got, I got there uh, winter of 2015. 14. Winter oh, okay. 2015. But then when you arrived. Oh my gosh. Oh, so that, I mean, that makes sense. Like I show up and you start having the best time of your life. Okay. Yeah. Checks out. Checks That's out. Like a good coincidence there. <laughs> yeah. Well, how was it, you know, growing up in San Diego? How would you describe your San Diego running experience? It was good. I mean, running, I, it wasn't like my passion at that point. I just did it for, you know, friendship and I, felt pretty successful doing it. Um, and, uh, I knew that it would, you know, kind of help me 
get into college. So all these things I was doing, not just because I loved it. And um, that definitely changed later in my life. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed running in high school. Um, and in San Diego, you know, there's no snow. Um, the season is pretty much the same. Maybe track is a little bit hotter, but for the most part, it's not uh, too bad to, you know, just grow up in San Diego and running in San Diego. It's very hilly. Um, and I didn't really appreciate that. Until, yeah, I did not like the um, hills. I left and then came back and I was like, oh my gosh, I was so much tougher when I was younger. Um, <laughs> like the routes that I ran in high school, I, I would probably refuse. I would just go to, oh, I refuse. And no, be like, literally, I'm going to do a flat five yeah. mile run. I think, I mean, after going to Oregon and running on pre trail every day where there's not one inch of incline, I think yeah. going home and then running any of the high school trails, I actually refuse. I only ran along oh. the coast every day because I was like, I know I'm not going up those hills anymore. Yeah, I think I remember I met you one time for a run. No, like, I do you remember like, that. Should we do the 101? <laughs> and I was like... Um, okay. And it was a delightful run, but it was just all, yeah. It was just <laughs> flat and there's a straight line. Yes. No, but what yes. If we met up for another run too, where we went, I don't know if it was Lake Miramar, but it was hillier. We went to, a tra- we went on a trail run once. I remember I ran six miles and oh. you had to go a little longer. It was like uh, Lake Hodges maybe. Okay. Yeah. I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah. yeah. I think, or maybe it was the lagoon. I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely hilly, definitely tough. So I just, I mean, I don't even get myself an altitude adjustment when I come back from Colorado because it's so <laughs> hilly that I run slower when I'm at sea level, I, like truly sea level. And I'm running eight thirty pace on these really hilly trails. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Were you, when did you like get good at running? Um, I feel like in high school, I, was a little bit more consistent with training. Um, I had a really good high school coach, um, Terry Dockery, and I really got along well with him. And so he was super um, encouraging. I think you even came to a track workout <laughs> at RB. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, with uh, Coach Doc. Yeah, he's, he's, he was always really nice. Yeah, very sweet. Um, and I mean, I'm still good friends with him today. Uh, so I think he kind of just helped me really embrace running and be a little bit more consistent with training. Cause in middle school, I would kind of try to opt out of any run that I could, um, just hiding in bushes and stuff. So, <laughs> you know, the typical middle school experience. Um, so high school, I got a little bit more serious, a little bit more consistency, and I probably improved a lot more just my freshman year by doing that. Did you know you wanted to go to Oregon right away? Where did you visit um, to? I visited Washington and Oregon but I was also being recruited by Cal and some of the Arizona schools but they told me they're like we wake up at 5 a.m and I was like never mind that is not me (laughs) at all and then uh I talked to Stanford briefly but they just told me that I was gonna struggle (laughs) so I was like okay well I like struggling doesn't sound fun so um yeah it was truly between Oregon and Washington and I know I wanted to stay on the West Coast um, in the Pac-12. So um, yeah, I went on my visit at Washington and I had a really fun time. I loved it. Um, I loved a lot of uh, San Diego girls went to Washington. Megan Morgan was there. Um, and uh, I, 
really liked it. And then I went to Oregon and I really liked it as well. So it was a tough decision, but yeah, ultimately picked Oregon. I didn't have as much respect for like the history of Oregon until I went there. Everyone's like priest trail or priest rock. Um, and as a high schooler, I was just kind of like, whatever. Um, and then once I got there, I kind of realized, you know, the running history and, you know, Bill Bowerman and all of, you know, the big names that came out of running kind of came from Oregon. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. What surprised you about like the program overall and like your entire Oregon experience, I guess. I don't know. I think I didn't have, um, the same coach all five years. My first year I had, uh, Jenny Ashcroft and Ben Lanana were coaching. And then, um, then it switched over to Marisa my sophomore year. And it was really nice to have kind of a female influence for both of those transitions. Um, but I think it was interesting to experience kind of different coaching styles. I guess it was my own fault that I was such a bad runner my freshman year. <laughs> Cause I think, um, it just took me a while to kind of get focused and realize what I want. And, um, I was not big into running, I, the passion wasn't coming from the right place when I started my freshman year and that kind of changed throughout my college career. Um, and I think it's changed even more now post collegiately, but, uh, my freshman year, not motivated. Um, I had a very fun summer leading into college <laughs> and, you know, I was expecting running to kind of be the same where, you know, it was something that I did, but not really like who I was. And then I got to camp and just got my butt kicked. Um, camp was tragic. Uh, I couldn't do anything. It was tragic. Um, yeah, it was really tough. So uh, I was kind of like, oh, like this isn't really that fun. And it just kind of took me a while to get focused and um, start trying and seeing those results. Cause you know, it was a competitive team and I was fighting to be on the top seven. Um, yeah. And before, you know, I was the best on the girls team and would be running with the boys. So it was just kind of a different mental shift. Yeah. What would you say is like the most uh, fulfilling part of your college experience? I made a lot of really great friends. Um, it was, I mean, our social experience was limited, but I feel like the, the friends that I did make that were on the track team, um, you know, I've stayed in touch with a lot of them even after college. And um, yeah, we kind of just all experience everything together and so you just kind of bond um through the highs and the lows yeah so uh I think I'm most grateful for that yeah I get a lot of people like I mean yeah just a lot of people online high schoolers that are like oh my gosh Oregon is my dream school like I want to run there so bad and everything what would you yeah. say is the type of person I'm just curious as someone who was like on the team for a long time, obviously. And with me, like, what would you say is the kind of person that would do well at a school like Oregon? Um, or like, what traits do you feel like you need to have? Yeah. I mean, I think it's like someone who kind of not respects, but just kind of like understands like the importance of, you know, the history. And I feel like being a running nerd, kind of not a nerd, but like someone who's a fan of running, um, <laughs> You know, because um, I think that you just kind of have this level of respect and you really appreciate what you're coming into more. Uh, and I feel like I didn't really have that respect coming in as much. And I definitely gained it. Uh, and part being a part of that program, you just, you want to be good so bad. Um, and if you come into it not wanting to, um, it's really tough to be a part of. So uh, 
I think it, you kind of have to be, you either have to be all in or get out. And so I think having someone who's, you know, excited, wants to get better, wants to compete um, and just be the best that they can, that personality and those traits like really will help you, uh, especially having a team mentality. Oregon's so team oriented. You know, you go to conference, you go to nationals and you just want to score. Everyone wants like you're eyeing that eight place. <laughs> Literally my, my one point scored at Pac-12s. I'm like, yes, yes. You're like, I, I contributed. contributed. Yeah. yeah. You're like, excuse me, I'm going to get on the bus first because I am a scoring member. Because I contributed um, to this winning team. Yep. Yep. You're like wearing the ring. You just like feel like. Stop wearing the ring around <laughs> campus. Yeah. I scored. Pac-12 champion. <laughs> um, so yeah, they, they just kind of create this really special environment where everyone really wants to contribute. Um, and it's cool because you have that not just in cross country, but in track as well. And yeah. cross country, it's so, you know, everyone's doing the same event and, you know, it's a little bit more clear, but when you're doing track, everyone's doing these different events and it's kind of cool that they unify everyone. Yeah. Um, so I, I appreciated that that was a cool experience, but yeah. And it just kind of elevates you as an athlete, which is, which is cool. Do you feel like you like, like so you, cause you had different track experiences. Did you feel that that was different at Oregon or? Um, I mean, I feel like it was just a lot. It was just crazy how much focus there was on running. I mean, I feel like in high school, especially I grew up, I mean, I, running was obviously a huge part of my life, but I feel like I had the social aspect too that were, that I had a ton of friends that weren't runners. So to have my entire mm -hmm. life be centered around running was very just different. And yeah. I, I mean, I really enjoyed it because I think it made me a much better athlete and just the way Oregon is structured. I feel like you're just kind of, if you, if you follow the path that is given to you, given to you, you're like bound to be a good athlete. Like you're bound to be better. And it's the same. I mean, I'm, you know, the school I went to for two years or two months before I went to Oregon, there just wasn't as much, uh, you know, pressure to really be focused on running. I mean, people had other aspects of their lives that they were worried about rather than when you go to Oregon, it's like, okay, you're here to run and you're here to be the best. And the champion mindset, I think was just something that is different than a lot of other schools. It sounds so cliche. So yeah, yeah. Like, cheesy, but like we literally heard it all the time. Yeah. You know? It's like, you're here to score points. You're here <laughs> to medal and podium at NCAAs and everything or win, you know? So I feel like just being around coaches that are like that people that all have that same mindset, you're just guaranteed to elevate yourself as a runner. Um, yeah. Sometimes I feel like it was a little much for me because I feel like at times I do need that balance of more like I need to get away from the running world rather than just have everything every day be like, you do this to be a better runner. Like every day, I, like I kind of like drove me insane in some aspects, but yeah, just in terms of like running performances, I think I ran really well because of what Oregon is. So yeah, it was yeah. just definitely you, interesting experience. Yeah. Yeah. And like the resources that you have access to just yeah. is, it's super nice. Yeah. I also liked how small our team was because yeah, yeah. Other schools, I mean, you have like 30 people on a, on a woman's distance team. So to have like, I don't even know, 12 or whatever we had on our team, it was so small, but it was fun. Yeah. Because, I mean, Marisa obviously cared about everyone and everyone's program was, I mean, it was the same, but it was a little different. And yeah, I feel like there was just good attention that is paid to you and what you're doing. 
just individual attention so yeah yeah for sure I mean I have um a lot of friends that you coach as kind of either their job or a side hustle and you know they have so many athletes and I can't imagine you know I felt like Marisa was juggling what 12 to 16 16 at most at one time and I can't imagine them juggling 60 to like 100 people schedules that's like that's crazy um and it, it really does take a lot of attention to detail and I feel like some some requested more of Marisa's attention than others um but yeah no it was it was cool to be on such like a small distance team yeah when did you know that you wanted to run after college I don't know I think that when you're in college you kind of have this idea of you know you're gonna get out of college and get a sponsor and it's gonna be your job and things aren't really gonna change too much um from what you're doing in in college and that's just there's really no middle class of running anymore. I feel like maybe years past there used to be um, where maybe you could get out of college and get a small deal. Um, but you're either, you know, winning NCAAs and signing a great deal or you're just kind of middle of the road and you're doing it because you love it. So I think that's Morgan. Hi. <laughs> Morgan. Yeah. What are you doing? Just wanted to say hi because I heard you. <laughs> we've got another guest on the show who's already been a guest welcome morgan pearson to the podcast he's got a uh five hour bike on deck four hour four and nice and, and easy workouts on the yeah. agenda yeah no i'm definitely grateful that i stick to just running after college and didn't uh dabble in any other um endurance sports i think i would have failed okay says the person who literally runs marathons the hardest distance (laughs) run so but at least we don't do ultras but she did the race so we could do that couples race oh we could have done that couples triathlon race see you should just get into triathlon are you good at swimming i don't know i don't swim oh well okay now you got a good teacher (laughs) right there Ooh, would you teach me in swimming yeah you would yeah i feel like you'd be kind of Oh, okay okay <laughs> good good well you got some bike clips or whatever morgan got for you he said oh yeah yeah i do have bike shoes um and we have a stationary bike so i don't know how i do on in the wild with a what like a bike that isn't cemented to the ground and clips. <laughs> but, <let's see. laughs> um what were we even talking about oh running post-grad Oh, just that, like the goal when you're in college is kind of to get that sponsorship deal and then keep running. Um, and I feel like for a lot of people, it just doesn't really look like that. Um, so, uh, I think I definitely struggled a few years after college, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I joined a few different groups and just trying to find the right fit. You know, you go to college and you just assume that the training is right for you and works out. You don't really think about it. Um, but then, I mean, and a lot of students sometimes find that that doesn't happen and they end up transferring, but that wasn't my experience. So I definitely had to find a coach that lined up um, well with what I was trying to do. Um, and I feel like that took me a while. And then also figuring out, you know, how am I gonna live? I have to like get a job <laughs> and um, work uh, because especially on the track, which is what I was trying to do immediately after college, pay it's like the most expensive hobby that you could have because you have to fly um you 
get a hotel, you pay to get into the meet, and then you run a PR, which is probably nothing, not making any waves on any world stage at all. So you just kind of give yourself like a good job. And then I did it and then move on. Um, so it's definitely tough to feel successful on the track um, after college. But um, moving to the roads, I found a lot more excitement about running um, and the roads take care of you so much better. They pay for your flights. Most of the time they'll give you accommodations like hotel and race entry. And then typically there's pretty good prize money. So it's, it comes from being an expensive hobby to, I wouldn't really say a career, but you can pick out some pretty good races and it's maybe a nice side hustle. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. And I think for me, especially with COVID socially running has been great because I work from home and I'm inside my apartment alone all day. Um, and it's just nice to be able to meet my friends in the morning for a run and get that social time and that yeah. interaction. And it's just, it's become so important and really makes my day so much better. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like what's your, I mean, that you probably just answered the question, but what is the, your why with running? Because <laughs> since it's not, you know, your full-time career, even though you do make some money off of it, like, why do you get up and train <laughs> for 26.2 <laughs> miles consistently? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple of reasons why, I mean, socially is a big, a big thing for me. Um, a lot of times if I don't meet people, unless I'm like really serious and training on something, I probably don't run. Um, so meeting people is kind of the biggest like thing to get me out the door, but also it's just really gratifying to have a goal and work really hard and try to hit that goal. So, um, I think that it's nice to have something out of the workplace that I'm striving for. And, um, it just is kind of like that time to focus completely on yourself and make yourself better. Um, and, uh, instead of doing it, you know, for a team, like we did at Oregon or having that kind of purpose, you know, to set a goal and be like, Oh, I want to run this time in a marathon, or I want to be top five at this marathon. It's super fun to work towards and yeah, kind of keeps you motivated quick little intermission here from Molly and I's episode to talk about one of my favorite and most stylish sponsors of the podcast, which is Gooder. Gooder makes $25 active sunglasses for anyone. They are lightweight, comfortable, and they don't move when you run, which is so amazing and exactly what you need when you're working out. And they're all for only 25 bucks. They're no slip, no bounce, all polarized and all fun. And some actually say that they are the best sunglasses ever invented. And I definitely agree with that because I wear them every single day. If you catch me out on a run or even out on my bike, you will see a pair of sunglasses on my face and I can guarantee you that they are gooders because I wear them every single day while I'm working out. They also have fun names like Brody's Ultimate Ride. My favorite pair is actually the $9 pour overs. They're very stylish and cute and they don't move on my face when I run, which is incredible. I also love that they're 100% UV protective and 100% polarized because the sun shines really brightly and I need sunglasses when I run and I need them to be polarized because if they're not, they're not powerful enough for my sensitive little eyeballs. So. If you're on the hunt for a good gift for someone who is active and needs a good pair of sunglasses, Gooder is the perfect gift idea. Right now, you can try them out and you should treat yourself too to a pair because you deserve it. Go to Gooder.com, that's G-O-O-D-R.com and get 15% off your entire order when you use code COLDBREW at checkout. All orders over 50 bucks get free shipping in the United States. 
That's 15% off with code coldbrew at www.goodr.com. Look good, run gooder. Now let's get back into today's episode with Molly. What's it like not having, you know, all the resources that were given to you in college? Because obviously, like you said, everything's paid for. Things are just planned out for you. You have trainers on deck. So how is that sort of life? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely different. And I think you kind of realize, I mean, maybe I have realized that I don't need all of that stuff. You know, I would get weekly massages anytime anything would come up, you know, you could just text the doctor and, you know, if you had a flu, he would get you medication immediately or, um, anything like that. You just kind of had access to a lot of different things. I also used, you know, the alter G and I underwater treadmilled a disgusting amount in college. <laughs> so I almost believe that I needed to underwater treadmill to stay healthy. And I would do almost an hour a day on the underwater treadmill at Oregon, <laughs> which was like horrible what? The smell. I just constantly smelled like chlorine. It was disgusting. I think I went um, on the underwater treadmill one time yeah <laughs> did you do the one under the grandstands oh or no no yeah. okay no I went on it twice because I went on the one in the cas one time and then okay. I went it was the one on the grandstands That's that was like where I on? lived yeah no. well I, I would go because I lived right by um Matt Knight arena so I would go on that one a lot and then the cas sometimes uh, but Hayward a lot just cause it was like convenient, but it was like, so sometimes the water would be just straight up green. That's what like, I mean. It's like murky. Like this color green. <laughs> and like, I would tell people, I'd be like, oh, I think the water's like not good. And they'd be like, oh no, it's fine. There's just so much chlorine in there. Like it's fine. And it was, it was not fine, but it's fine. I would close my mouth. Stop. 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 <laughs> I don't want to try was cool. It is like very, I forgot we even had those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like, did I gain fitness from it? Probably not. <laughs> Cause I was just kind of floating around. Um, but yeah, so I just supplemented my training with a lot of stuff. Um, so when I left college, I felt like I was like, oh my God, how am I going to stay healthy without all these things? And you just do it and <laughs> realize you were fine or you're not. And I was fine. And I was like, wow, I didn't need to cross train seven hours a week. on the underwater treadmill. <laughs> um, so yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I could probably be a lot better about, you know, getting maybe even monthly massages or if something crops up, um, I do go to see a PT. There's tons of resources in Boulder, but, um, I, typically don't go unless I'm severely injured. So <laughs> like I'm already, I'm already done for by that point. Um, <laughs> the PT, please save me. Yeah. I'm like, is there anything you can do? <laughs> um, but yeah, I could definitely be a little bit better about that, but it's hard when you don't know where to go or if you don't have health insurance or all these other things, um, that you might not have coming out of college. Yeah. How was it living in Boulder? I like it. It's a very, um, tight knit community. So, um, it's good cause you can go out on runs and you'll see, you know, a lot of people, you never really ha- have to run alone, but, uh, yeah, I think, um, I definitely struggled to make friends outside of the running community for a bit and, uh, work has definitely helped with that, but, um, but yeah, no, it's nice to 
have friends after college because that's a really hard thing to do also yeah. is like make friends after you were on a team you know with your 12 closest friends and then you leave so yeah. um the real world can be kind of brutal in that sense so. why do why do you why does everyone move to boulder like why boulder <sighs> you know i don't i don't know i i mean it, it is a really great place to train um I personally don't love the winters. I think that they're quite tough and brutal, but that's probably just the San Diego in me talking. Um, And I mean, Oregon was, the winters were brutal, but you could manage. You were just like low key depressed. Yeah. (laughs) You put on your hat and your rain jacket and you're like, yeah, here we go. This is fine. Um, But the sun is out here, which is super nice. Um, And there's so many places to run. Um, and yeah, I mean, just, I feel like the community gets it and that's a similar vibe to Eugene, um, is that, you know, everyone here, um, not everyone, but most people go out for a run and I get a lot of, um, understanding from my job just because people like to get outside and do things, um, in this town. So that's really nice. And, um, the work-life balance of Boulder is really unique. You know, you're not, you don't have that New York grind and hustle <laughs> where you're like working until eight or 9 PM. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's definitely kind of a special, um, a special vibe out here. So yeah. And like I said, you always have people to run with and I need people to run with to be yeah. great. So <laughs> well, there was like some runner when we were at the sound running meet that they were saying doesn't train a step with anyone. They do every, every single one of their runs alone. Did you hear that? No. Who yeah, said one that? of the guys. I don't know. It was one of the guys in the 10K. I don't remember who it was, but he said that he never runs a step with anyone. Oh my god! So if like someone was like coming up behind him and like <laughs> he tried to like run a little bit, he would just stop immediately. <laughs> stop or he'd sprint away. I don't. I don't know yeah. the logistics on it, but I don't know how someone <laughs> can do that ever. It's like you're ruining my stat of training with no one. So please leave. If someone catches us right now, I'm gonna be exposed. Yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting. And he trains in Boulder? No, I don't oh, know what. Okay. I was like, impossible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, five hours outside. Yeah. It's gonna be... I think I'll finish inside. You're going to finish inside? Yeah, I don't have time. Yeah. Are you going up to the mountains? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll do like, I'm just going to like go along the mountain and just do every climb. Oh. <laughs> just climb up the mountains until, multiple like, times. Start, like until I need to start in back. Okay, we'll be safe. Yeah, thank you. Enjoy. Have fun. Okay, bye. Yeah, have fun conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we'll keep you in. We'll keep you in, don't worry. Thank you to Molly's boyfriend for the cameo. Mm-hmm. Now I'll just title it Molly Grable and Morgan Pearson, the dynamic duo of. Duo. <laughs> Well, I guess like, um, I was on, uh, Lindsay Hines podcast. I know. I saw I, that the other day. Yeah. And I said something about Morgan and I just said that, oh yeah, like he's a triathlete and he, he wasn't like upset, but he was just like, you made it sound like I just like do this as like a hobby or something. Okay. So we should, we should like, make it known on this podcast yeah, that Morgan yeah. is not just Molly's boyfriend, <laughs> but he also yeah. went to the Olympics in the triathlon. Yeah, and got a silver medal. And so. yes, and got a silver medal. And he's already been on this podcast before and had a whole episode dedicated to him. So yeah, so let's just make this about me. I'm not yeah, so this is but about I Molly. Just, 
I did realize, I was like, you know what? That's actually super fair. I need to be a better hype woman. So yeah, he's good at what he does. There you have it. I can just imagine you. I didn't listen to the podcast, but I can just imagine you. Yeah, I have a boyfriend. His name is Morgan. He's like a triathlete. Um, and then you just move on. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I literally think that's how it was. So yeah, I need to be better. He's good. Yeah. How did you guys meet? We met um, through running. Uh, and, uh, we, he was sponsored by three, six, one, and they were just like throwing me shoes because I needed them or I don't know, <laughs> they were giving me free shoes, which I was super grateful for. Um, and there's this event called the running event in Austin. And have you been by the way? I no, like- I've never been. Okay. And I'm kind of offended I that like, I haven't been invited. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you really need like a booth for like yourself because it's mainly just like vendors and booths and yeah. whatever but I, I feel like that's I don't know kind of your your world I feel like some brand would be like come with us or something yeah yeah nope huh. never got the invite pissed anyway so we went okay <laughs> um, whoa all right you guys got invited get it um but uh also some members of Roots because they were sponsored by 361 also came um and Morgan dm'd me and another girl on roots on instagram (laughs) and was like i am driving to the airport if you guys want to ride because we were all in boulder and i was just like yeah sure and uh (laughs) maggie montoya also got a ride um and yeah we sat next to each other on the plane and i was like oh he's like kind of cute and we hung out at the event and had a fun time Wow. And then just kind of hung out from there. And then I think we had club cross a couple weeks later and that's where our relationship really blossomed. So <laughs> that was so upsetting. I, the relationship just blossomed at club cross. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, as I said it, I regretted it. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, yeah, we started dating right after club cross. So what would you say are like the, is a pro and a con of two people that are like professional athletes dating each other? Oof, I would say in the pro list is that we're just kind of on the same schedule and we kind of have the same goals. So, you know, a typical weekday, we're not going to happy hour or, you know, doing a bunch of things. It's, you know, I'll get my second run in after work and he's probably out somewhere still biking or swimming or something. And then, you know, we have dinner and watch a show and just kind of relax and go to bed. And so it's, we're kind of on the same page in that regard. And then I feel like on the cons list, I mean, we're both, we don't do as many, you know, we do fun things. Like we went to Mexico and we've gone on fun trips, but it just has to be at certain times that works well for both of our schedules. So, uh, yeah, it's like, we're doing the same things, but, um, I don't feel like I, I miss out just because Oregon kind of. Yeah. I feel like it's like a smooth transition where it's like, okay, you are, you already watched like my entire college career was spent, you know, go work out in the morning, go to class, make my dinner, watch Netflix and go. To bed. Yeah. And like, that's just what like life is. Yeah. Um, but it's great because, you know, my goals to be a really good runner and his goals to be a really good triathlete, you know, line up in that sense. So it's good. And 
we bounce like ideas off each other for training of, you know, oh, maybe I should take this run a little bit easy or maybe I shouldn't double. So it's nice to kind of have someone else as like a sanity check and understands, you know, you're like, oh, I'm like, you did a really hard running workout. You should probably do less today yeah. instead of someone who maybe is supportive, but just doesn't get that understanding of experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I thought I had something else to add, but I, I don't. I was well, trying congrats. to another con. But. Congrats on a good relationship with other, another Thank athlete. You. Thank you. Yeah. It's very well, get, okay getting back to you like what is your main goal for running like what do you want to accomplish I well more immediately I would love to run um, a major marathon I haven't done it yet I tried to get into Chicago last year and I didn't get in so Ruthless. I was kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah and like the way it, it wasn't like they told me no I didn't get in but it was just um I mean, it, it was COVID and things were definitely, it's still COVID, I guess, but things were way more strict and weird about getting into races. They were just starting up again. They kind of just kept on telling me maybe, maybe. And then it was like seven weeks to go. Um, sorry, I'm going to call. <laughs> um, it was seven weeks to go. And they were like, hey, like, would you like a bib on our starting line? And I was like, if you think I'm going to run Chicago, <laughs> <laughs> with a seven week buildup. And that's like assuming that I've been training for a marathon yeah. for the past five. I just wasn't. So um anyway, uh I would love to run a major marathon um this fall. That'd be really cool. I think it'd be a super fun experience. Um and yeah. Uh so that would be really cool. And then um I think it the women's marathon is so deep and so competitive. So it's kind of hard. Um to frame what would be successful for me, just because I, I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to be anyone's pick to make a team. Um, <laughs> but I think top 10 would be really awesome at like the US trials and the women's marathon is so deep. That would be a really, really competitive effort for me. I would have to run, you know, uh, under 226. So that would be, that would be really crazy and really exciting um, for me. So uh yeah I think kind of those two things more immediate and then more in the future would be would be awesome yeah what's your PR now uh 229.17 what I don't even want to know what mile split that is I think it's like 540 through 43 or 42 yeah. <laughs> I know <laughs> I know it sounds way worse than what it is though it really like if I think about per mile, I'm like, oh my gosh, but like, I, I did that. And I yeah. feel like I can't do that. So, um, yeah. What's and it does hardest, feel a lot slower. What's the hardest part of the marathon for you? Um, honestly, my biggest stress is like having to go to the bathroom. Like it's two and a half hours and you're drinking so many fluids that it's, um, and you know, I take, a lot of emodium. So that's, that end isn't the issue, but it's like really just like having to flush out all the fluids that I'm drinking. Um, and so at my first marathon at grandma's, I stopped to go. Cause I, I couldn't, I guess it's like a very common thing that people pee themselves, but I just couldn't bring myself to that point. <laughs> I didn't you um, know this? I feel like everyone on our college team would just piss themselves in the race. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was like a different, that was like bladder incontinence or something. Yeah, that's like, this bladder, is like, like you can't hold it. Yeah, yeah. This is like, I, I would have loved to just pee while I was running, but I just, I couldn't. So I stopped. And then I feel like after that, I was just kind of off and I never really got back into the same rhythm. And so then um, for some reason, that wasn't an issue for me at the trials at all. But um, at CIM, um, I was just like really worried about being overhydrated. Um, and I was able to um, just <laughs> be myself during the marathon. This is so embarrassing. Um, but I'm just saying Sport that like, is so gross. It, it is. It like, I mean, <laughs> I think we talked, we might have talked about this in college, but the friends that you make in running, yeah. it's just like a different level of bonding because you just have to be so raw and so vulnerable. Um, that you see someone at their just absolute lowest. They're like spitty and snotty and I mean, just on the track moaning and you're just like so excited for them and any other person would be disgusted by that. Um, so you just kind of connect with people on a different. That's so true. Literally level. yesterday I was, I was in a bathroom with my friend and we were like going to, we were in the same stall or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. out or whatever. And she was like, oh, do you mind if I pee in front of you? I was like, I was on a college cross country team. Like <laughs> we truly went to the bathroom in the woods every yeah, day. Like, I don't know why I would ever be worried about that. Yeah. Um, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. But I guess like <laughs> for the marathon, it was like a new level was unlocked because I wasn't worried about having to stop to go to the bathroom <laughs> to pee. I just felt like I could just be myself. <laughs> but that's such a it's such a stress for me. And I don't know why. Um because that's but, so un it's so unnatural to do that. Oh yeah. And like it doesn't it doesn't feel good. And yeah, like because then you're all wet and it's just it's terrible. Um, but that always kind of like stresses me out. And then probably nutrition would be my, my second biggest concern is just making sure that you get your bottle and you have all the fuel that you need because you are out there running a long time. And then you train your body to take gels and fluids. So then when you don't, you train for that and then you miss your bottle during a race, it just is catastrophic. <laughs> so what does that mean when you miss your bottle? So you have um, your bottle. Well, the elites have a, a table um, lined up and you have your special mix um, inside your bottle of carbs and sugars. Um, and if you run by and grab it, um, there's a lot of <laughs> runners aren't very athletic. And a lot of times you can miss your bottle, you can knock it off the table or someone before you could have knocked it. Um, so there's just kind of a lot of um, unknowns when coming to get your bottle. So you just have to be prepared to take either what's on the course. Sometimes they have Gatorade or water, or you have gels in your, in your shorts or sports bra that you can use. But um, yeah, it's, it is a lot harder than it looks because you're also trying really hard. And well, yeah, you're, you're trying running. really hard. You're running really fast and the table probably is not that big to. No. And they're all, like, depending on the race, sometimes they're just like these wimpy little tables that are on roads that have a million potholes. So it's all uneven and you know, typically they do a good job of giving you signs before saying like bottles are coming up or if there's a pacer, they'll be like, Hey, bottles up. So, you know, to move over, but it's, it's a race at the end of the day and there's a lot of things going on. So 
yeah, it, it can be sometimes crowded and confusing, especially yeah. the first bottle grab. It's like horrible because everyone just everyone's in the, yeah, the same pack. I mean, at least, yeah, then you spread out a little bit. Yeah. Like the trials, it was such an interesting experience because they normally for a, a road race, they only do maybe 50 elites and that's like 25 men, 25 women. Um, but the trials, you know, everyone was an elite athlete. So everyone had bottles and it was just such a complex setup that they had. Oh for my God. And so bottles. many people made it to the trials too. Yeah. For the women, it's like, I mean, what was it like 500 people for yeah. bottles every 5k or 10k or whatever they did. So Atlanta track club did a really great job of making sure that, you know, everyone had access to what, what they needed, but I carried a bottle for like the first 5k. So I was like, there is no way. No way. I mean, we gotta worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. What's in your bottle? <laughs> um, it's been a learning curve for me at first. I was like, Oh, like I can put anything in my bottle. Like my body can handle anything. Why would you, I, would, I feel like you out of anyone should be concerned. <laughs> I know. I know. I typically have a lot of issues, but I thought that I was just like, Oh, like I also didn't want to spend money on getting like an expensive nutrition. Um, yeah, that stuff can add up. Yeah. So I mixed, it was so gross at grandma's. <laughs> I just made a ton of bad decisions, but I would like mix a goo and like some Gatorade powder and like Red Bull. <laughs> like, it was sick. And also at grandma's, it was cold out in the oh. morning. So my gel solidified at the bottom of the yeah. bottle. And I got these bottles that had like straws in them. I don't know what I was thinking. I thought it was like, oh, it'd be easier to just slurp while I'm running. Um, but the gel had solidified at the bottom and it was, or it froze. And so then the straw was clogged. It was just like, <laughs> terrible so I didn't do that at, <laughs> you learn from that mistake at the trials um and I don't even remember what I did at the trials I think I did a similar like potion thing where I mixed a bunch of things gross um a but similar now I use, potion <laughs> yeah I was like calling it like my witch's brew it was disgusting um so anyway, I don't do that anymore. I just do Gatorade gels and I use the scratch super fuel and it works great. So there you go. Love you it. Figured it out. Yeah. Trial Simple. Yeah. It's like a very mild taste. I think the Red Bull phase was like a tough one that to come like off of. Carbonated? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I would open them the night before to get them flat. Ew. but I just wanted like the caffeine. Yeah. Um, but then it would also like ruin my day. I'd do like a morning workout and then just be like, <clears throat> just Wired. like shaking the rest of the day. And like on Sundays after a long run, I like to take a nap, but I would just be like, so I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to like run all my errands today and just get everything done. <laughs> and then the next day you're just destroyed. <laughs> Ruined. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, T took a while to get there, but yeah. I got there. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, we have a couple listener questions for you um, for the last part of the episode. We have a lot of uh, people that you know, they submitted questions. So Even worse. <laughs> so the first one, I feel like you better get this one right or this person's going to be personally offended. <laughs> Who's your favorite teammate at Oregon? Oh, wow. I wonder who this could be. <laughs> um. I would probably have to say Jenna Prandini. Wow, you got it right. <laughs> that was a close call. I was sweating a little bit. <laughs> okay, you had, this one might be a little harder because I feel like you had a couple of your current teammates submit the question, but favorite teammate now? Oh my God. <laughs> can I just like opt out of that? Yeah, you can opt out. You could say you like your whole team. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got to say, I really enjoy everyone that I, that I train with. Um, it's been really nice to have a group of people and I just maybe sometimes kind of take it for granted, but you know, it's, you kind of have that at Oregon or in college and in high school. Um, and I feel like finding that after college is a lot harder because you, there's no structure to provide that for you. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really nice. Um, I'm really grateful for Boulder for that. So I guess maybe that's why people come here. Yeah. And so that sounds like it. I'm about to move to Boulder. Just kidding. Yeah, please. I open room. Come on in. <laughs> um, okay. What is the hardest mile in a marathon? Hmm. I would say for me, it's the mile right after the half because that's like such a milestone for me. I'm like, okay, get through the half at this time. And then you're like feeling good. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, I still have 13.1 to go. So I wouldn't say like, I'm super mentally positive. Um, and I mean, physically the hardest mile is probably like somewhere in the twenties, maybe or after 20, 21, 22, but mentally I really struggle after half because it's such a mental milestone. And then I hit it and then I'm just like bombed with the truth that there's a long way to go. <laughs> True. Yeah. 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 Like do, do elite runners, do they like hit the wall in like, you're saying probably the miles in the twenties is the hardest, but I don't know. I feel like a lot of people just talk about hitting the wall. Do you feel like that? Oh yeah. I mean, at grandma's, I hit a very hard wall. At, like, okay. Well, grandma's my, just sounds like a bad experience for you. It honestly, I mean, I had a fun trip. It was great. Morgan actually came and paced me for the first 16 and that was really nice. Um, 
but it was my first marathon and I had no idea what to expect, but those last six miles were truly brutal. And like, I sometimes see photos from the end of that race and it, it looks how it felt like just disgusting. I'm going to start, I'm going to go like through your Instagram tags and go find one. Look away. Um, I'm pretty sure I tried to scrub the internet of any of those photos (laughs) because it was tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, after, I think a lot of people would agree that it's mainly just like a 10 K race, um, is you get through the first 20 and you're fine. And then that last 10 K, the wheels kind of just come off. So it's pretty tough. Uh, and if you're getting after it and running it pretty hard, that last 10 K can be brutal. Yeah. But you should, yeah. Aren't you, you, aren't you? Aren't I a marathon? Yeah, I'm a marathon. I ran one, one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I ran it so perfectly paced though, and not hard like you do that. It wasn't that bad until the last two miles for me. Yeah. Where my legs are get after one you think i should just like start trying to be an elite marathoner now why not <laughs> i, I can I mean, think honestly, quite a few reasons to be to say <laughs> why not the miles don't have to be anything flashy or impressive and that's the nice thing is like you just got to get a solid work in yeah i know it's like the time on the feet but that's a lot of time mm-hmm. to spend on the feet yeah the feet don't love it <laughs> you were also a 10k runner in college mm-hmm. And yeah. I am not a 10K runner. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of 1500 meter runners that are moving up to the marathon and finding lots of success. Ew, don't tell me that. That's like everyone that runs ultra marathons that I've ever talked to is like, come on, I oh, like, yeah. love it. I'm like, please come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, uh, maybe we'll see. I'll run another one sometime, but I don't like the thought of running six minute pace for 26 miles actually makes me want to throw up. Yeah. Like I don't I never liked tempo runs. Those are my least favorite kind and I feel like yeah. a is a giant long tempo run. Yeah. Yeah. It, nothing you're saying is wrong. <laughs> it's just the mental aspect. Like I don't doubt that my body could do it. I just don't think mm-hmm. I can do it mentally. I think I just think too many negative thoughts while I'm running that yeah. I don't know if I can hold on for that long. Yeah. Well, maybe if you found someone who wanted to train for one yeah, and then you would run it with them that instead of just like a solo, yeah. death march. A solo venture. And- <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll try it again. We'll see. Someone, I think this was another person on your team. What's your favorite time to start a run? Oh my God. Not early. <laughs> um, I mean, I think a perfect day that I didn't have work, uh, probably like 9.30 or 10, I think is a great time. I think Oregon made us that way because I'm such a wimp now when it comes to Mm -hmm. running before 8 a.m. I'm like, no. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I need my morning. I need to eat my breakfast. I need to (laughs) watch an episode of TV and chill. Just like ease into my day. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because it just, I mean... I wake up and I run in the morning, but I wouldn't say that that's like my natural default or I wake up in the morning and I'm like happy to be awake. Yeah. To be running. I, yeah. It takes me a, a few miles to be like, okay, this is, this is okay. So do your so, teammates like make fun of you for that? Is that why this person asked the question? Um, I mean, 
maybe I don't <laughs> I don't know I feel like they know that like the first few miles sometimes I can show up a little bit grumpy oh normally give me... grumpy <laughs> yeah and so then it takes me a few miles to warm up and join the conversation <laughs> and then I'm there <laughs> I'm making myself sound like a diva. I'm not. No, you're not. Just... You're not. Um, let's see. I okay. I have one. Not. I have two questions left. Well, you kind of answer this. Maybe. Do you do any cross training now or no? Um. No. No. Um. Uh, I do have those bike shoes, and I was a little bit injured last year. Um. But I didn't do too much cross training. I don't know. I think I kind of burnt myself out from college. Um, the extra so, seven hours on the underwater treadmill, just yeah, no more. just like a light work day, really, on the treadmill. <laughs> seven hours, ew. <laughs> um, but I think supplementing and training with cross training is is great and good, and I I should do it more, <laughs> but I don't. Okay, the last question I have is: Do you have any advice to your younger self? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like if I were to talk to my younger self, I would probably tell myself that, you know, running is going to be something, you know, really important in my life and to appreciate it a little bit more. But I think that my younger self wouldn't appreciate that or care because <laughs> I feel like everyone was like, oh, like you're going to love running when you're older. And I was just kind of like, if I'm still running when I'm, you know, after like college, what age were people saying that to you? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I feel like they're just kind of like, oh, like running is going to be something that, you know, you'll do kind of the rest of your life. And I was just like, that's horrible. <laughs> um, but now I am doing it and I, I do love it and I do appreciate it. And it's, you know, the best part of my day. Um, so I don't know. I, I wish I could give my younger self advice, but I don't think she wouldn't listen would, to you. I would, uh, wouldn't listen or appreciate or just be like, oh, wow, I'll feel excited about it, I guess. I don't know, yeah. but it's my life and I'm excited about it now, so. <laughs> oh, God. Well, thank you, that was really insightful. <laughs> you can cut Anyways, no, this was, no, this was a good episode. I like this episode. It went a lot of different directions. Also, we talked about running more than I think you and I have ever talked about running in our entire lives. Yeah, ever in our friendship, so that's yeah. good. You it's know? good, we need, to, we need to catch up on the running side every once in a while. Well, where can people follow you at? Instagram. I'm not very active, but I'm there. I okay. post probably three times a year. <laughs> I hit that like every time. What's, do you know what your handle is off the top of your head? Um, I think it's Molly J. Grable. Okay. And it's always linked in the show notes too. So people go follow Molly, cheer her on mm. in her marathon career and life and whatever else you post on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it's well, limited. yeah. All right, Molly, to close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Peace out, fellas. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Commas Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. It was really fun talking to Molly. She is seriously one of my favorite people ever. She is hilarious, and I miss having her as a teammate because she made training so fun, and I hope you guys enjoyed it, getting to know her a little more and are going to be rooting for her on the roads in the future. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at commas over cold brew pod to be up to date on the latest episodes and to submit listener questions. Also, don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Again, it's a free way to support and it helps me out so much for the podcast. I really appreciate if you guys take the time to do that. 
Thank you all for listening so much and I will hear from you all next week. Peace out, fellas. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.